Well-met friends, my name is Adam, and this is the Get Pipe Podcast, where we love to pipe. And today, well, as always, I am joined by my good friend Nick, aka the producer guy. Nick, what's up, man? Hey, Adam. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. I'm I'm doing a lot better. I got in the trenches, man. After we recorded last week's episode, I got really sick. Fever, chills, terrible throat. I felt like I was swallowing nails every time I swallowed. And uh, it was just brutal, man. I don't know what it is. You know, it's probably kids in daycare, but I don't know. I got I got other theories I won't share here, but <laughs> doing a lot better, though. Yeah, you don't really talk too much when you're sick. This one was hard. I was depleted, man. I was depleted. And uh, we're, yeah. we're back. I wouldn't want to either, dude. I wouldn't yeah. want to be on the phone or chatting or thinking. Yeah, no, we're good, man. We're, we're, we're vibing out here. We got a lot going on in the, the pipe smoking community, the get piped sphere as well. One pretty cool thing that I want to bring up right off the bat is the Battle of the Briar, the documentary that I've been pitching slowly. The post-production has finally began. Whoa. Today was the first day where I sat down, unloaded all the footage, started renaming all the files. And man, this is just going to be quite the endeavor. So we're going to hold our release date. I know it's, I've told you it's been, you know, it's going to be several months out, but I'm really excited for, you know, this project to unfold. And I'm I'm also in a weird way excited for all the headaches and stresses. And like, I was watching Mm. one video that we shot and it was in slow-mo when I didn't want it to be in slow-mo. And it was just like, I know so many problems are going to arise and and, we'll we'll overcome them and it'll be a good story in the very end. But I don't know. Those are kind of stresses that I enjoy in a weird way. You know, I much prefer the stresses of, you know, why isn't my video software working? Why is my editing software working than, I don't know, stress at work, stress yeah. of being sick? You know, those those are not cool stresses. I agree, because to me, like this stuff, it shows that there's a care for it. Because I feel like work stuff is just like, oh, it's work, it's stress, it's but There's a lot on the line at work, especially for most people, because it's like what they do for work determines like how they live. So this stuff is like a passion project. And I was thinking a lot today, actually, uh, which is really funny because I um, I was able to get out and work on some photography stuff, literally just go out and start moving the lens that she had given me around and try to mm-hmm. adjust settings and, and play around with it. And I didn't really take any good photos, but I'm like, how do I begin to find this passion? And to me, this sort of stuff, this battle of the briar post-production stuff and worrying about those things ultimately shows that there's a care for this. I don't know if that's necessarily the same feeling at work because it's like, I don't know, it works a job. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, anyways, that's that's great, man. You were telling me that and I was like, let's go. I thought it was a different video you were starting in. That's the interesting part too, is trying to begin a schedule or work on a, a dedicated path that yeah. is going to get us to the end of Battle of the Briar while still simultaneously doing the podcast, still doing Instagram yeah. posts, which I am horrible at, uh, you know, <laughs> posting in the, the, the Discord, attending meetings, and then, of course, the YouTube channel. So trying to yeah, put all of these things together and, and make sure I'm on that path to the Battle of the Briar is going to be really interesting. Yeah, I was going to say regular things in life, too. Like, oh, I don't know, a wife, a job, you know, moving here soon again. I, I Right off of that, we were MIA this weekend you know, pretty much Friday to Saturday. We went up to North Carolina to go look for a house. We have a realtor and we had four houses ready to go. Right. And the first place we saw was was really good. We really liked it. It was in a great location and it was it was kind of everything we wanted and kind of needed. 
we liked it. We didn't love it, but we liked it. We liked liked it. So we're like, okay, <laughs> let's go check out the next three places. But we're feeling pretty good about this one. And then those three, the other three or four, I don't remember how many it were. Those were new builds. I didn't know what this was. So if you've never been in the market for purchasing a house, it's literally a house that's just completed. You get like a full one-year warranty of like the smallest scratch. It's a yeah. pretty sweet gig, but there's there's really no way to negotiate. It's price just what price, it is. and if you're the yeah. first one to say you want it, you get it. So the three or four places that we were going to see again, new builds being completed in October, move-in ready oh. October. So that was an oversight on, I think, really us, but our realtor and in our parts, like we just... We have to be there July. That's when I have to be into a house or at least in the state, you know, yeah. going to work. But pushing off a house, living with a friend or renting or, you know, doing an Airbnb or something for that many no, months is just not no, going no. to happen. Stor- yeah, storing no. all of our stuff. It's just not going to happen. So we ended up going just to go check them out because we had already driven the two and a half hours to North Carolina. Bro, one of the four places had like a shovel in the ground. There was nothing to see, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we we actually, you know, talked about it. And there's a lot of driving, too. And Get Wiped and I were like, you know what? This this first place, we're going to throw an offer down. If it gets accepted, we'll be happy. And if it gets declined or mm. ex- if they accept another offer, we would be upset. And that right yeah. there was the reason we knew that was the right place uh, okay. or, or could have been the right place. Like, I'm not naive. I know there could be many more places if we put a little bit more work in. But we are honestly... Yeah coming down to the wire when it comes to closing and, and moving in. But but this is a cool place, man. And I, I'm really hoping we get it. One of the coolest pieces about it, it's actually the selling piece for me, is it's got, mm. uh, it's it's a primarily a one floor, but it does have this little hideaway above the garage. And so when you're right. in the place, you walk in, you got a couple like linen closets on the right, you know, guest bedrooms on the left. And then on that right side, as you're walking into toward the living room, there's another closet. You open that closet up. Oh, it's not a closet. Oh, staircase. It's and a secret it, you go room right up the stairs. Yeah, you go into the secret room pretty much and you're you're above the garage and it's a fully carpeted, you know, finished upstairs little studio area and I was like, "Man, this is going to be the office. This is going to be where I'm recording videos. This is going to be a smoking area. This is going to be where the Get Pipe podcast first video yes. ever happens." Once you know, a month, we can get a couple of desks in there. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's a sick location, so I'm I'm really really hoping we get it. You know, there's definitely some renovations that we need to do. We're gonna have to replace all the carpets. We're gonna have to replace some light fixtures, make it look a little bit more newer. But man, this is this would be really really cool. I'm just thinking like I can get an exhaust system. I can throw the rabbit air up there. Oh, I'm gonna be smoking a ton up there, and and I really <laughs> think it'll increase the quality of the content as I'm able to smoke more tobacco, learn more tobacco. Give you guys right. like more breakdowns, like over unders or this or that or whatever kind of segment. If you wanted to ask about particular techniques or something, the things that I've been having to skip because I'm just not experienced enough, mm. you know, when it comes to maybe tobacco cuts. I saw I was reading a great article from a GLPs. He has a, a a fireside section on the the Pipes Magazine website. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about how he cuts tobacco and and, and stuff and twist methods and and all of these other things, things that he's done before, but things that he's not necessarily been good at. And, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't give a lot of input on, you know, some of like packing methods because because I'm not super experienced with. But maybe, you know, having a dedicated room where I can smoke, you know, not at 6 a.m. before I'm getting in the car on my way to work. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just have my dedicated time. I think it would be very beneficial. But, you know, I, I will absolutely keep you guys all updated on that. Yeah, uh, the, the house hunting thing. Oh, 
Real quick update, this is actually a post-recording injection here. Producer guy has done his initial cut-through of the episode. Now I'm just doing my final magical touch as I walk through the episode before it goes live. And I will give you the news right now so we don't have to hit it next week. Did not get the house. They accepted someone else's offer. Really, really brutal. We we offered 10K over with a 10K in due diligence. It's just a lot of stuff to make our argument competitive or whatever. And uh, of course, this with this PCS market, PCS in the military is where everyone in the army is pretty much getting a new duty station. It typically happens every summer. And I mean, it's not a three year rotation, but every summer is just that season for PCS. So it, it's pr- very competitive, very brutal right now. And we already have an offer on another place. Still has the smoking lounge upstairs. Hopefully we get that one more on that one in the next episode. OK, back to the episode. Thanks, guys. And we, of course, we got to find someone to live in here in this place that we're recording from right now. And uh, that's a whole nother headache. But one cool thing to relieve those headaches is a quest that I failed, but somewhat succeeded. And I actually posted (laughs) this on Instagram for the folks who were following the Instagram account. There's a quote from Lord of the Rings and it's, it was just so perfect. It's Galadriel and she's talking to the fellowship and she says, this, this quest stands on the edge of a knife stray but a little and it will fail to the doom of all or or something along those Mm. lines. And, And basically that's when Gandalf, spoiler alert, if you want to watch or read, fast forward 10 Wait, seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Don't, 10 don't seconds. say anything, don't say anything. How do I fast forward? <laughs> uh, so, so when Gandalf falls, right, Galadriel's like, yeah, you guys are, you guys are pretty much f***ed. <laughs> so the quest to destroy the ring, right? Anyway, so this was me. So I'm thinking, man, I, I just got this lease. I got this new car. And it's less about the lease that I'm worried about and more about the fact that it's a new car. It smells good. The windows are clean and clear. I just didn't want to smoke in the the vehicle to to ruin that experience. And fortunately, someone was saying, you just got to wait till the, the new car smell goes away. Then you can smoke your pipes in there. I was like, that's, that's a pretty fair point. But the thing is, this has been on my mind. The idea right. of trying to smoke in my car, I missed it. Like I hadn't been smoking as much just generally because all, all my commute pipes were a majority of my, my pipe smoking experience beforehand. And anyway, long story short, I, I the evolution was I thought about it. And then the next day I brought all my pipes and tobacco into the car, but I didn't smoke it. But if I wanted to, it was there. And then like the next day I opened up a a bag of aromatic tobacco to let the car smell like aromatic tobacco. No joke. And it's, it's like a, it's like an air freshener right now. And that's a McCranny's blend. (laughs) Uh, Had that thing open. And then on the, like the fourth day, fifth day, I just was like, I can't do it. I'm smoking. And yeah, so I smoked a pipe on my way home and it was yes. phenomenal. It was really, really great. So now we're, we're kind of back in the groove. I'm going to try to keep my car clean as best I can. You know, for all you commuter pipe smokers, make sure you're emptying your ashtray. Make sure you're cleaning your windows. Make your car look good, smell good. But uh, yeah, we're, we're back. Get piped is back in business. That's what I feel like. I feel yes. like I won. You know, yes. a little part of me was taken away when I was not doing that. So while I was sick, it was hard to open the, the box because I was like, I'd rather open this when I was in a better mood. But I did get a package from La DC Enterprises. Thank you. I got a little Saint Espresso Warped. This is the, the second edition, from my understanding, of this tobacco. I've heard many things. Actually, I think I have a small sample, but I just haven't got the chance to smoke it. It's from Warped, uh, the company. This is a triple Cavendish mixture. Blended by the aficionados Kyle Gellis and Jeremy Reeves. So Warped is a cigar-heavy company. It's a cigar-first company, uh, but they did this pipe tobacco. It's a unique triad of distinct Cavendish variants 
each carefully steamed and toasted, combined to evoke the velvety body and rich flavor of a fine espresso. Perfect to start your day, pick you up after lunch, or to pair with evening dessert, this exquisite coffee-inspired blend takes an exclusively different approach to the classic Black Cavendish aromatic profile. So this blend is actually coming out May 19th uh, for those of you who want to get it. So as of time of recording, that's in five days. That is on Friday, May 19th. I got the tin open here. I'm just smelling it. It's it's talking like it's uh, an espresso, but man, I'm getting getting like a mocha mocha scent. More of, more of a candied rather than kind of a chocolatey espresso. But that being said, that's just going off the tin note there. It is very good. It's very pleasing. It's very pleasing aromatic. I am excited to smoke this. I think this is one that producer wife is really going to like as my respiratory system has recovered from that illness. I think that this week, this is something I'm definitely going to break out. I'm planning on going out with a buddy this week. And uh, he's a pipe smoker. Actually got him into pipes because of Get Piped and the Get Pipe podcast. He's a local. He's a, a friend from college as well. So we're meeting up, going to grab some beers. Maybe I'll get a stout and, and have this at our Ooh, that sounds like a good pair. Yeah, it does, man. So super excited about that. Thank you again to La DC and Smoking Pipes for, for sending that over. Grab yourself a tin there as well. Hopefully, if you're listening in the future, that this is a blend that continues to, to re-release. Because again, I've heard really great things. This blend sold out like crazy like when it first launched back in, I believe it was last May, 2022. And dude, it just, everyone loved it. Everyone really, really enjoyed it. But of course, there's going to be the folks who, who don't. I'll be honest, I smoked it one time and uh, I was not super into it, you know, but I want to hold that review because it was literally just like a one-off opportunity to smoke it. So I didn't really dedicate any time to it. So I'm, I'm going to kind of hold that. But yeah, I'm hoping this uh, this next one is, is it, man. It's one, the tin is freaking beautiful. Maybe we should touch on that. In a, it is. You know, a tin art a la carte as we move forward. But yeah, so May 19th, go check that one out. That is uh, kind of currently what's going on in the pipe smoking world. I will say one last thing. I'm hoping for for your sake that this is maybe the opposite of Old Joe Krantz in that you smoked Old Joe the first time, loved it, and then every other time hated it. Smoked this, hated it, maybe maybe every every other time loved it. I'll leave it at that. That is true. Yeah, I just I hope it's the opposite Old Joe Krantz, right? Exactly. Uh, so anyway, so another thing that I want to talk about as before we move into this uh, wonderful episode is uh, another thing that's kind of up in uh, smoke, and that's actually our what's up in smoke last hey. week. <laughs> So as the dust settles, you know, Chicago's over. Yeah, man, We had a, a tell-all, essentially, episode yeah. titled What's Up in Smoke last week. If you haven't checked it out, it's a hot one. It is a hot, it's still hot off the press, even though it's a week old, or maybe you're Not listening even. to this several years into the future. Yeah. You know, it's still one worth listening to. And I just want to say, I've got a lot of good folks to reach out to me and, uh, you know, stand there in solidarity with us as we felt some... Some harms and some wrongs of the show, yeah. some emotion. But I want to clarify right now, I love Chicago, man. I love pipe shows. I don't care. Yeah. Big, small, little. You know, Chicago is one of those major ones. That show was significantly better than than last year's. And the last year's show is my favorite pipe show, which you would think means this was my favorite. But, you know, the asterisk there of being my first takes the cake. But this right. this is a very well-run event, and it's getting better and better. And while we did come out very honestly, openly about some of the, the downsides of the show, uh, that was more of a mode of sticking to my word, sticking to my goal of, of making pipe smoking better, right? Making the sphere yeah. better, making shows continue, right? And I will add one more time that all of these concerns that I brought up 
were directly brought up to the leadership prior to the episode dropping. You know, so we're not just two guys blasting the Chicago Pipe Show, digging down, you know, digging at them, making them feel, you know, really bad and then going on about our way. No, we, we brought these up to them directly and all of the things we had mentioned were being actioned. You know, I got word from from the leadership that they are doing everything they can to correct the problems and I make sure that the next show was even better, right? But the point of sharing all of that with you was one, to keep my authenticity and two, again, just to, to keep us on that path. You know, we kind of set it in stone. You know, we're going to continue on our path. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to make that clarification. Had so, yeah. so much fun at the Chicago Pipe Show 2023. And and I can't freaking wait until the, the 24th Pipe Show. But we got a lot more Pipe Shows in between. And for there me, really just one. That's going to be Vegas, I believe. Uh, but But there's many more to come. And you should all go and you should let me know how those went, what your takeaways were. Uh, and we can continue to build the story about how pipe smoking and pipe shows continue to grow. I want to add one more thing to that is if you were listening and kind of felt our anger or angstiness with that, thank you. We, we appreciate that. But please don't put that on the the show planners, right? You know, don't, don't you yourself go and just be angry because Get Pipe was angry. But I'll just double tap Adam's like, it, it was a great show. But there's just as you would with a brother or a family member or a great friend, you're going to call them out when things aren't looking right. Just wanted to add that there. Um, thank you to everyone who's mentioned something you know, to us. And, and with that, we, we want to thank you all for all of your support. This year and a half at this point of, of doing this podcast has been absolutely amazing for us. And uh, we just ask that you please continue to share the podcast out to all your friends who might be interested. If you want to support the show financially, all contributions, and I mean every single contribution, goes a very long way as we navigate through the best ways to deliver you the highest quality content. And if that's something that interests you, head to www.getpiped.co, where you can either join our Buy Around Club or purchase some sweet Get Piped swag. A hundred thanks from Get Piped and Producer Guy for all the folks who have already contributed. But... We have got a great show planned this week with another edition of Pipe Dreams. Following our Pipe Dreams, we will dive right into some of your favorite segments, including overrated, underrated, and a little bit of Ask Adam Anything. Hell yes. Big thanks to the producer guy for the producer guy things. Now, before we move into our primary topic, I want to remind you to take a deep breath, savor this moment, kindle your flame, and pipe as you please. This week, we got a, another Pipe Dreams for you all. Pipe Dreams is the series that kind of defines Get Piped in a way. It is, is one of our founding series. This is where a community member sends in three different dreams, in this case, that relate to pipe smoking in some way. They create fantastical dreams they create ones based on history, and essentially, Adam is the person in these dreams, and he has to choose a pipe and a tobacco that he would be smoking in these things that the community member sends in. So for more pipe dreams, go check out the Get Pipe bookshelf, with the other editions being episodes 065, 053, 038, 028, 021, 009, and 003. 
This is a great series, one that is beloved by many and most in the Get Piped pipe community. One of the things I love most is that you said 003. Yes. When we first started this, there was no series. It was just we were going to come up with topics and yeah, yeah, you know, and and we were evolving and and 003 was really the the solidification of this brand in, in, in a way, you know, it, it definitely shaped, you know, the pipelines, the, the freehand fable, it, it, it Mm, basically shaped the future of the podcast and it's continuing to, as we continue to release new series, you know, pipe dreams has been there and we've done many, many episodes on it and they're fun, man. They're, they're really fun. They, They give you an opportunity to jump into a setting that you otherwise would never be in. No one will ever be in, right? For the most part. I mean, some of them are a little less fantastical, but sometimes they are very, and it's just, it's just fun, man, to talk about pipes and tobacco. But with that, we did do uh, Pipe Dreams fairly recently. I mean, 6.5 was still, you know, many weeks ago at the end of the day, but almost in conjunction with our revamping of What's Up in Smoke, I've been really dedicated to making intuitive changes to the series. So mm. honestly, we we were thinking after the success of What's Up in Smoke, at least in terms of the formatting, we were like, what else can we revamp? What else can we do that needs kind of a facelift, a little bit of a makeover? And I always felt that Pipe Dreams was lacking something. I'm not saying we found the answer here, <laughs> but I think we're we're on our way. So there's there's very minor changes here. So one thing that we're actually going to change moving forward is as we continue to take submissions, they don't necessarily have to be geared towards Adam get piped being the character mm. and instead just present a scenario, an explanation, a thing. And the intention with that is to make it less about me and more applicable to all. So what, what what's going to happen now is as we take submissions or maybe we even write them ourselves, that's not unheard of. That's something that we enjoy doing. Spoil alert. I wrote these, so I know the answers, but, but bear with me. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be cool, and it'll give you guys good context for the folks who want to continue to, to send in submissions, which we, we highly encourage. Please send them in. Uh, and then don't feel bad when we kind of re- reword them just a little bit. But, mm, yeah. but uh, the point here is that you can present an opportunity, a scenario, a timeline, uh, whatever it might be. We will take it, and then we'll say, okay, this gentleman, this lady, whoever, this freaking dog i don't know if we want to give some you know human qualities to animals or whatever uh we're we're gonna i kind of want to try to pull get pipes or at least adam out of it and Mm. uh instead just give some suggestions on what i think that these people instead of me would be and i think that's more applicable to to the listener so well yeah man i i really appreciate that and i i think that this kind of goes in with the whole get piped idea of just always continuing to improve. I mean, that's not just a get piped idea, but this idea that we are always trying to make the pipe sphere better. Now, let us dream. It's been half a day since the sound of bullets rang overhead. Even still, the soldier remains hunkered down in his muddy trench his helmet nearly cemented to the inner wall as he tries to relax his neck from the weight of his Kevlar helmet. Oh, how he yearns for a moment of solace, to be clean, warm, and unafraid. Into his pack he reaches, an old, weathered pipe emerges. With the spark of a match, smoke curls around the soldier and vanishes off into the air above. The taste and smell seem to yield a higher payoff than hot ration. The pipe offers but a brief respite from the chaos of war. Suddenly, you hear the telltale whistle of incoming shells.
The soldier takes another deep draw and then retrohales the smoke out through his nose as he prepares for the incoming barrage. Which pipe and which tobacco was chosen? For the first scenario, right, pretty clear that it's a World War I-ish or modern-day war maybe in the eastern Eastern part of the world. Yeah. (laughs) So... Now this is this is interesting, man. So this is actually modeled after World War One, right? Man, I've been been watching a lot of videos, and dude, it's scary. Uh, I mean, especially when you take the conditions of World War One and then add a modern technology to it. You know, I've just drones. been seeing videos of you know drone footage. You have just soldiers stuck in you know mud caked trenches yeah. and just getting bombs drop on them. And I I some saw scary stuff out there. Yeah, I saw something that some soldiers were discovering bones that they thought were from World War One or World War Two in trenches that they had just dig, like German Damn. bones. Yeah, dude. Like, you can't make that stuff up. And it's it's crazy. Like, I can't even imagine it's just bad, man. digging a trench and then discovering, you know, almost this point, 100-year-old, you know, 80-something-year-old buried bones from soldiers that were fighting over the same land, you know, just 75, 80 years ago. So this one, you know, is, was important to, to kind of talk about. This is a realistic thing. So even though in our kind of our precursors, we talked about the series, there's a lot of fantasy. While this is a fantastical event, because I just came up with it and I wrote it down, this is a very real thing. So for, for the pipe, I want to take a turn here. You know, this would be a really good opportunity to plug a, you know, maybe like an old, old Irish uh, Peterson, you know, maybe with a, a military mount, something like a spigot or something. That would be really, really cool. And I actually kind of want that but I'm not going to go with that because I think that's a little bit too elegant. And when you see some of the equipment that these folks were, you know, especially World War One, the army mount was popular during World War One, but an even more popular pipe was GBD. So GBD is a very, very famous old pipe company uh, that is actually no longer in production. Well, in terms of like the height of GBD, that the true essence of GBD pipe thinking pre-1980s, at some point there was a consolidation where they were picked up by Comoy and then everything kind of changed. I don't even know if they still make GBD pipes, Comoys, if they have that GBD stamping. But for the most part, when I'm talking about the core pipe of GBD is no longer in production, the, the good ones from back in the day. But when they were in production, especially in the early, I mean, this is a very historic brand. They, they, I think they got started in the early what, 1830s, 1850s. They originally were doing Meerschaum, and then they, of course, moved to Briar. Uh, so this is a French company. Originally, it was French-based. And they got in on the Briar pipe pretty early on. And there was a huge factory that was actually just started before World War One in Europe. And, uh, you know, they were pushing out a lot of pipes to, to, to pipe smokers around the world. And, and, of course, those made their way into the trenches. So GBD is, uh, you know, just really good Briar. You know, if you find like a, a quality estate GBD, you know, these are these are pipes, especially the early, early ones. You know, these are ones that you want to take care of. You want to you want to kind of grab if you can make sure they're they're properly restored and keep those on your shelf. They're they're really wonderful smoking pipes. I have ran into a couple in my quest to find pipes at maybe a thrift store or an antique store. They're generally very smoked. So the folks who, you know, own GBD's new pipes and they enjoyed pipes a lot and they were, again, they were heavily smoked. But uh, yeah, GBD is really cool, man. So so they were originally founded. There was three names, three three folks who, who put together and that's what the GBD is. I don't know how to pronounce these French names, but, you know, it's just three gentlemen, G, B, and D. Those initials were the sure names and that, that's where the company's name came into play. 
So GBD having a very strong presence after World War One, uh, they were putting out new factories. They had purchased another company called BBB, and then eventually, after the, you know their pipes just continued to you know grow, they ended up moving their factory to London. They had a factory in Paris, which eventually moved to Saint Claude in the fifties. Uh, there, there was a lot of movement, and, and as we can tell, we've and we've talked about this with. Actually, Shane Arlen or Down the Rabbit Bowl, go check that episode out. As time moves on, right, in the pipe smoking sphere, while the hobby settles down, it gets smaller, it becomes more niche, there's a lot of consolidation. So GBD was consolidated with Comoys later in the early 1980s, as I had mentioned before. And any GBD pipe was, or Comoy pipe, was coming out of the same English factory. That said, even 1980s GBDs are still really great pipes. But as we walk back a decade, a second decade, several decades, the pipes just were simply magical. They're just really awesome. Good quality wooden briar pipes, man. Uh, you can't help but think of, uh, again, GLPs. I think I had mentioned them earlier on the show. You know, you can look through his Instagram and every now and then he posts one of his favorite GBDs. And there's just such a history with these pipes, man. They're just strong, robust wooden briars. And I couldn't think of a better pipe for something like the trenches. We just don't have time to to bring our pretty pipes or, oh, we have this capability of the the spigot. It's great. Let's go get one of those. Like you just have your wooden pipe and that's really it. If you wanted to make any modifications through your rations, maybe grab some tin or any kind of equipment you might have in your kit bag to, to reinforce the shank. That's another story. But I, I just couldn't help but think, man, GBD, they funded the enjoyment of folks in the trenches back in the 1910s they very well could fund the enjoyment of the folks in the 23s you know the 24s in the trenches you know the 2023 version which is scary that's a scary thought but it is the truth dude anytime we get to pay tribute or acknowledge an old pipe company is a win to me you know i I think gbt just works great for this one I think I had heard of the brand in general, but I know it's one that I definitely, it's not in my common vernacular when it comes to my pipe smoking vernacular, so to speak. I look some of them up. They're very pretty. They're very pretty pipes, like a nice, beautiful little factory made pipe. Yeah, I'm only seeing seeing the states here, but I uh, would definitely smoke one of these in the trenches. Not that I want to, not that I ever wish yeah, that. Not that you want anyone. to, but if you did, yeah. you'd feel a little bit happier with your GBD, right? Yeah. Is this like an ad? Like it kind of sounds, in your trenches, <laughs> you'd be happy with your GBD. Pipe. No, but um, that's that's good. What tobacco is this individual smoking? When, when we talk about tobacco in our pipes or tobacco in our pipe dream series, I do want to remind you that it doesn't have to be historically accurate, right? So you could be smoking lane 1Q if this is the year 7. You know, that that that's that could be a decision. Right. Uh, so for this one, uh, it's while this dreams. tobacco is quite old. It, it, exactly. It's pipe dreams, not pipe realities. However, the best pipe tobacco I could think of for this situation is actually tobacco I don't love. <laughs> it's not great. And I think most people will agree with me. But it's also so, so perfect. And I, and I kind of want to explain why in a minute. The tobacco is is Borkum Riff. And specifically, real quick, Borkum Riff, we know, is uh, one of our, our Codger blends. We had talked about this in the end of the episode last week, you know, whether they're overrated, underrated, what's their purpose. What better tobacco for the war trenches than, than a Codger blend, right? I just don't mm. think, you know, having your, your wonderful blended, you know, Abingdon out there is, is, <laughs> is realistic. Now, instead, you're going to have a big jar that's probably been emptied into a, a, a dirty bag, maybe an MRE yeah. bag rolled up, taped up, and you get a little bit out of that e- each and every chance you get to. And I'm telling you, man, this stuff comes out dry. It's not good. It's a, it's like a Virginia Cavendish kind of mixture. 
I specifically picked the bourbon, the bourbon whiskey one. Is that yeah? That's that's it. Right, got the, yeah. the goldish label. Oh yeah. I picked this one because I was there, man. Maybe not in the trenches, but I was out there. You know, absolutely <laughs> hating the outdoors. You know, doing missions, doing training with my tobacco being Borkum Rift bourbon whiskey. A thirty day exercise. We were out in the the deserts of of California. And that was the tobacco I brought. I didn't have a lot of time to pack, or rather I did. I just planned poorly and packed poorly and time managed poorly. And in turn, I only went out there with, you know, maybe a falcon pipe, a, a couple old briars, a couple Petersons, uh, but but more beat around pipes, ones that would take a little bit of a beating from being in my kit bag and moving around. But one of the tobaccos, man, was Borkum Riff. And <laughs> man, did I rue that decision. Did I rue that decision. Uh, this tobacco is, okay at best and i smoked a lot of it that's all i had and you know it's it's great to try i don't know if having seven ounces over 30 days is the move but that's what i did because it was pretty much all i brought i brought a couple other bags of like lj peretti but those things got cut open with like my you know all my tools and kits inside my little pouch and it was just kind of ripping the bag open that tobacco got super dry Fortunately, the, these codger blends, even though they might come dry or you know, some actually arrive very, very wet, because uh, again, that, um, that PG, that propylene glycol, Borkum Rift, this, the one I had didn't have too much of that. And it was, you know, again, more of a dry tobacco, but it still smoked. It didn't get like bone dry. I don't know. These codger blends are weird, man. They, they figured something out to put these on drugstores so they could sit there forever and still be smoked. And the case was was true here when I was, you know, day 22 in the field and covered in mud, covered in dirt, covered in dust. And all I had was my Borkum Riff bourbon whiskey. So so that's why our character in this scenario is getting Borkum Riff. It's an OK tobacco, in my own opinion. Some of you guys might like it. If you if you love it, if you guys are connoisseurs of this stuff, let me know. But that's kind of what does it for me is the the funny story about having it myself when I was, you know, running around with my rifle. All right. The brand is, again, Borkum Rift, blended by Scandinavian Tobacco Group, manufactured by Lane Limited. Uh, this is a tobacco with a strength of mild to medium and a room note of tolerable. I don't know if I'll ever try this. I know I never have so far up to this point. And uh, yeah, man, any last words on this blend so, or that pipe? Yeah, when I say everyone should try a codger blend. I don't mean they should try all codger blends. <laughs> you know, once you try it once, you tried them all, right? So yeah, Borkum Riff might yeah. not be the best one to try. It, it's not a bad tobacco. You know, a lot of folks will hate it. This this came out in the 60s, man, and it's it's not the oldest, it's not the the newest, but they just yeah. didn't change for, you know, many, many years. years. It still hasn't changed. Pretty much the damn same, you know, font style. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, People buy it. People still smoke it. I don't know how long, much longer, but it's it's had a little bit of a change from who produces it. But, you know, it's still hanging on. You can still get it today. And I don't get paid to tell you to smoke it or not smoke it. I don't get paid at all. So it's, make that decision on your own. Just hours after closing, the gentleman walked up the steps to unlock the front door. His front door. It was his first home he ever purchased after renting from many greedy landlords his entire adult life. But this house was his. He was his own landlord at the age of 40. Despite the accomplishment, the stress of finances nevertheless continued to weigh on him. The man, still shaking, attempted to insert the key into his door. A smile fell upon his face. As the door unlocked, he pushed the creaky door inward. There he sat, marveling in his empty living room, surrounded by half-empty paint cans and stacks of tools. 
He managed a deep breath, then pulled his pipe from his back pocket. Standing in the middle of his living room, he puffed away, having no regard for any rules. After all, he was the landlord now. There were no rules. The smoke filled the room, and all the nerves were steadied. The man then made his way to the can of paint and opened it. With his pipe clenched, a can of paint in one hand and a brush in the other hand, he looked up at the old, dirty wall. Which pipe and which tobacco was chosen? Dude, I love this one. Uh, yeah. I don't have any shame in liking the creations Your own. you come up with, right? I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do them if I wasn't happy with them, right? Yeah, so that's there's a little bit of inspiration here, man, as I'm, as I'm getting ready to buy my own house. And I'm very fortunate to have purchased this place. It was relatively new, and so it didn't require really any any kind of modification or change. So, so when I was coming through this next one, as I look at my potential next home that I hope gets accepted out of the offer anyway, I was like, man, we got to replace the carpets. We got to do a bunch of light fixture stuff. We got to change all the faucets. We got to change, probably redo the bathroom a little bit. Not Nothing major. I mean, this is again, all right. This is just me being like, like you can choose wanting a really nice. Yeah. You yeah, don't have I mean, to like do I'll live there. It's not broken or falling down, but, but I did want to kind of take that line of thinking of, you know, a little bit of the stress and of course, financial stress, man, when you're trying to buy a house, man, it is not cool. Like I thought, you know, and I, I'm very fortunate to have the VA loan, which is essentially just a, a zero down loan. Zero down actually ends up meaning like over $10,000, <laughs> you know, from, you know, closing cash to close yeah. and addendums and all this other crazy stuff. For me, I was just thinking, man, no wonder it's so hard for folks to buy homes, you know, especially nowadays. And with interest rates getting crazy, they're throwing around the 7% figure. It's this is really, really scary, you know, especially financially in a, an economy that isn't doing super, super well. So that's kind of where my brain was focused with this one. Nevertheless, I wanted our character to succeed and he does, right? So he comes into his home, but he's got a plan. So his plan is to, to do the work himself. Now, Get Piped might try to hire someone else to do the work for him, but for our way cooler, stronger, brawny character... I'm thinking he's going to, you know, just do it the American way, do it himself. And, and I really liked where that was going, right? Again, a couple things to unpack here and it'll lead into the reason why I picked the, the particular pipe and tobacco. Really that piece that I had mentioned about just the American way of taking your accomplishment, not being satisfied, still having a little bit of stress from the risks that you had to take to make that accomplishment. But again, wanting to continue to, to build and move forward. And I was like, what's, what's a great American icon. What's a great American icon that captures that emotion, that feeling within a pipe? And I couldn't think of anything greater than a, a Mark Tinsky American smoking pipe. You have all heard a Mark Tinsky at some point in your life, pretty storied history within the pipe smoking sphere. He had founded the American Smoking Pipe Company way back in 1978. American Smoking Pipe, perfect on brand with what we're looking at. Uh, I think now lives in like Montana or something, just just an American man, but carving pipes for his whole life. You know, his story goes back to when he was in high school, him and his buddy got into it somehow. And, you know, then they started the American Smoking Pipe Company. And Mr. Tinsky just hasn't looked back. He ended up teaching his son to make pipes. And he just has a, a wonderful tale, the American dream, really, that he wanted to apply. Uh, and he used the pipes to, to make that happen. And again, when you're starting a pipe company in the 70s, early 80s into the late 80s, even 90s, man, just before the internet, essentially. That's tough. You know, who are you selling to? Like you have to go to, you know, the magazines, you got to submit pictures to these magazines, hoping that they accept it. And then, you know, maybe you're paying for an ad. 
I'm not quite sure, but it's it's not easy. Mr. Tinsky made it happen. So I, I've actually never owned a Mark Tinsky pipe either. It's something that I do want to at some point in time. There's actually one on, I don't want to tell you where it's at, but it's cool because I want to buy it, but I don't have any money for it. <laughs> kind of like our character in our story. But uh, it's a pot shape. You can go check it out. It's on, on smokingpipes.com. If you buy it, please send it to me. If not, don't buy it, please. It's a little pot. I've been looking at it for a long time. It's is just, it it's got his Mark pot? Tinsky. It is. It's the root pot. It's like, it's not, it's not too much. Um, and, and I was thinking this is probably a good investment. This is a great artisan price point. Some of his pipes go up to the 700s, man. He's, again, famed carver, but he does have a cheaper line that he makes. And this, this pipe is just beautiful. And I was like, man, this guy is going to be sitting in his hall, his, his living room with his paint and his, his paintbrush with that pot sticking out of his mouth, clenched, not taking it out one time. And he's just going to be going to work. He's going to be repainting. He's going to be fixing holes in walls, putting up frames and fixing the plumbing and doing all this stuff all alone on his own and just smoking an American smoking pipe. That's what he's going to be doing. This Mark Tinsky pipe is just wonderfully beautiful. You can go check it out. I'm not going to give you a link because, again, I want to buy it. I don't know when that will be, but it's it's just it's super beautiful, man. And this fits our character here. Love it. I uh, I pulled up that that pot. It is very pretty. It is extremely pretty. Um, I did just buy it. Um, I'm not sending it to you. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fair price. It, it really is. But uh, what what's this character smoking? Because if he's got this Tinsky Tinsky pot or just a you know pipe in general, you shouldn't waste that with some Borkum riff, should he? No, Absolutely. no, not a shot. So feel free to put whatever you want in your pipes. Yeah, uh, you know, even the most expensive pipe was you know some someone's gonna have a Yes Conowitz out there and they're putting Captain Black Rape in it. Like that's that's definitely happened in in life. So no, the the tobacco we're going with here, I actually picked this one based on the cut. The tobacco is penny farthing. It's GLP's penny farthing. And this tobacco is just so interesting to me. And I am in love with it. I've, I've liked it since the first time I tried it. I remember when it launched, what, I think it was like two years ago, maybe maybe a little bit more. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. One, the name is really cool. The art was really cool. And then, of course, it was a shag cut. Now, shag, for the folks who aren't completely aware, because it's not very common, it's essentially like cigarette tobacco like it's it's very fine cut it's it's the finest cut there is of, of pipe tobacco and it's very very uncommon the shag cut tobacco like that cigarette rolling type tobacco was common back you know 60s 70s really uh, but not necessarily as much for for pipe tobacco and again more for the cigarettes and stuff and you can get good quality rolling tobacco right that uses shag cut but it just wasn't specifically a, a pipe tobacco but what glps did was he said hey let's come up with a virginia perique use some good bright and red virginias a little bit of louisiana perique and actually a little bit of dark fired which i love and make it a shag cut and that was awesome and i actually had the opportunity back at the las vegas international pipe show and I said, why a shag cut? And he goes, because it's fun. And I loved that answer. I loved that answer. And while that reasoning doesn't necessarily apply to our character here, I just wanted to share that because it is fun. And it's not it something that we see very often. And I'm really hoping he comes out with another shag cut. I, I, I love it. I, just, I don't know. And, and the biggest thing that blows my mind is it's a Virginia Perique. And I can't stand them. But for some reason, Penny Farthing is it. The only real Virginia Perique that I enjoy. I feel like it has something to do with that dark fired in there. Something I very, mm. very much enjoy. Gosh, it's so cool. And then, and then that, like I said, that shag cut is so fun. Like he was right. It is fun. So when you pack this tobacco, it's very simple. Like and there's actually two schools of thought. Some people think shag cut's difficult and others think it's very easy. I was very lucky. I found it very easy. 
Uh, it's it's just you kind of just throw it in there. You let gravity do the work, and you don't pack too hard. Uh, and it just burns so so easy. Whether whether you pack it poorly or not, the shag cut because it's so fine will burn well. So in my mind, shag can typically be associated, whether right or wrong, I'm not going to say, but it, it can typically be associated with you know again that cheaper tobacco. So so what I was thinking was our gentleman's on a budget, and while this is a premium tobacco. I like the idea of it being a, sh- a shag that that applies to her character uh, in his financial setting. But I really liked that form. I felt like he would have been someone who enjoyed shag as well, maybe grew up with it and then wanted to keep it going, found a very premium tobacco blend from GLPs. This seems like the guy who saves his money, invests it on the right things, the things that matter. For him, two of those things happen to be one, a premium tobacco and a premium smoking pipe. So that's why I'm going with a uh, penny farthing man. It's It's a wonderful tobacco. This is this is one of my favorites. I actually, again, reached out to Mr. GLPs about a week ago, and I had asked him, how do you age a shag cut? Like, is it possible? And I knew the answer was, yes, it's possible. But really, at the core of my question, I wanted to know, I wanted to know how it would age. Would it age slower? Would it age faster? Would it age poorly? Goodly? I don't know. It just, it's just something that I didn't consider. Because when we think of like a plug or something that's been pressed, that ages extremely well. Again, because there's a lot of pressure, all the tobaccos together, it's, it's very much melding. But with a shag cut, there's a lot of air. And to my surprise, actually, it was, he said it was very much on par, would be very much on par with something like a ribbon cut. So it would age fine. It would age very well over time. You know, the four to five year being kind of your, your peak bang for your buck return, but then, you know, maybe some diminishing returns after the 10 year mark, but still wonderful if you were to get a, you know, some penny farthing in 10 years. So that is something I am excited to do. I have a couple tins just baking by baking. I mean, not doing that at all, just sitting there waiting for, you know, four or five years, but uh, in four or five years, when we hit pipe dreams again, maybe, maybe aged penny farthing will come into play. But yeah, I, I thought, I thought this was a great tobacco for our character in the scenario. Yeah. So the strength is medium. The room note is medium as well, but but can be a little harsh because you got that, you know, that fire cured, that dark fire Kentucky and that Perique as well. So, but this is a great tobacco that is highly rated in everywhere you see. And the 10, the contrary to Borkham Rift, Penny Farthing just, this looks fun. This makes me want to, boys just want to have fun. You know what I mean? It's funny because like, what, what's a Penny Farthing? It's that big, ridiculous White, bike thing. Bike. <laughs> The big wheel, you know, like it's it's a fun, it's a it's like a gag. It's almost like a a completely not work related thing. And I I just found it a little interesting to kind of, you know, make that contrast where I don't know, it's so it's so interesting, this little combo here. And and you know, you'll you'll find out soon enough for the most part in terms of just you haven't done too much to to the house you're in right now. Like doing work on your home can be a lot of fun. It's what you make of it. We're doing stuff in our backyard where we okay. took down a deck and we're going to be doing a lot more landscaping stuff soon. It's fun. It, it really is what you make of it. We did demo in our bathroom. That was fun. Yeah, I, I think that the, the penny farthing, you know, when it comes to the, the tin, the actual what it looks like, the tin art. It's super fitting to to doing some what this guy's doing. He just just got to, into his home. He was all nervous, and now he's he's just ready to do some work and, and ready to have a good time. Maybe maybe have some parties here soon, hosting some folks. So yeah, I I think that fits. Alone on the porch, the rocking chair creaked and cracked on the old weathered floorboards. May fourteenth, twenty twenty three. The man sat contemplating. Alone. His mind would not stray from the day's importance, nor did he want it to. 
The gentleman continued to rock, lost in memories of his beloved mother. The pipe was hot in his hand. The smoke was seemingly billowing from the briar. The heat was a comforting reminder of his mother's once warm embrace. The chair creaked back and forth, back and forth. Despite the sorrow in his heart, the dedicated reminiscence felt empowering. He felt a sense of peace and contentment through the pain. Off in the distance, the sound of church bells tolled. Birds quietly sang from the tree in the yard. The chair continued to ground the choir, creaking for several more hours. Which pipe and which tobacco was chosen? So right off the bat, I want to wish everyone, all the moms out there, a very happy Mother's Day, especially my mom. Get Mom is, is definitely a listener, uh, whether she listens to this on Friday, which she typically does, or she is a little bit late, something going on, listens to it the following week. Uh, happy Mother's Day to my mother, but but again, to you guys and all of your mothers, right? This one is very, thank goodness, very unrelatable to me, but I couldn't help but think that this will be very important for someone out there. I lost my my grandmother when I was very young, and every Mother's Day ever since, I always thought about how mom would have to do Mother's Day without mom's mom. Fortunately, she's a mom, but like, I don't know, Mother's Day, you know, when you're in the middle is is twofold. Part of it is your own mother and part of it's, you know, having children, but that's like for you. You're going to forever miss out on the, for someone else, for mom, right? And that was always interesting to me. And it'd be unrealistic to think that I'm the only one who's ever had some kind of connection to that. You know, there's True. folks listening whose mothers are no longer here. Maybe that was very sudden. Maybe it was due to old age. Maybe our folks listening are in their 60s, 70s, and it was a natural passing and it was beautiful. But either way, it doesn't really matter. Not having mom around is tough. And and some folks didn't even grow up with mom. And I I would argue that this too, maybe a little bit distantly, but this too is intended on paying tribute to to you folks. So yeah, man, this was this was something that I wanted to do. You know, we're we're recording this on Mother's Day, and by the time it's aired, it's it will be, you know, several days after. But but I wanted to kind of just say thanks. Thanks to all the moms and, uh, and, and really thanks to all the folks out there who, you know, where, where moms maybe not around anymore. I want you to guys know that nothing I can say will change the feelings or, or, or anything, but I do want to say I'm here for you. Feel free to reach out. I know you'd do anything to, to talk to mom when, when you otherwise can't. So. so for this story, man, I wanted to go with an interesting combo that I think fits very well with this story, our little scenario. We'll hit the pipe again, as always, first. This one's going to be a Savinelli autograph. These pipes are so interesting to me, man. And we've talked about them before. Maybe you haven't heard that line. It's more than just really a line of, of Savinelli. Pipe Savinelli, the very esteemed Italian pipe makers, factory pipe makers. Well, they have a line. Yes, that's the best way to put it, but it's like a subset of Savinelli. And it's the autograph series. And these are pipes that are layman's terms, artisan pipes. One individual makes an autograph from start to finish. Now, very rarely, if at all, I've, I've yet to see one. Are they stamped or are they legitimately autographed? Like, there's no branding or stamping of the individual who made that particular pipe. But we, we can tell you that it was made by one artisan uh, within the Savinelli uh, you know, factory. Because of this, they can range in price. So this is, these are their premium. They're very premium pieces, okay? This is like their flagship line. 
they're carefully crafted from, you know, these extra, extra grade plateau briars, and they typically will have that plateau, you know, shown. Another common feature of these is they're very Danish in, in style. So Savinelli for, forgoes their Italian pipe making style, really, and they adopt that Danish, very open freehand style. And there's just such a wide range. Some of them might be $180. Some of them might be, you know, $1,500. It's really crazy how wide this range is. They're very available, which is really, really awesome. Again, there are several, several grades. I think it goes from like three, four, five, six, all the way to eight. And then there's like zeros and then double zeros and then triple zeros. And I think the triple zeros is like biggest or best. It's pretty crazy. And I'm not a pipe expert, but what I can tell you is some of these pipes are insane and by insane in terms of quality, shaping, and also size. So as we kind of funnel my ideas of this pipe, I want to now funnel it into a large, bold shape. Like we're thinking of a very large group size. I envision this gentleman or woman or, or whoever it might be dedicating a greater part of their morning to this tribute. This tribute was, was a dedicated time of reflection for mom, right? And the best way to do that would be kind of disconnect, get rid of the phones, unplug, no music, just get outside, sit there with memories in a large, very large bowl of tobacco, work through that tobacco, work through the flavors in reminisce. So I wanted to go with a large bowl. So I have seen some crazy big artisan Savinelli autograph pipes. I've also seen some very moderate size ones, but they can get really large. And whatever that size might be, whatever that pipe might be, is really up for that individual. It's, it's something that the individual thinks is beautiful to them. This is probably a pipe that they purchased for themselves on maybe a special occasion. And this was the pipe they, they longed for, being that larger group size to dedicate to mom. So I'm not going to try to tell you, I'm not going to point you to a certain size, but I'm, I'm just thinking maybe something with a big plateau, definitely a pipe that you want to hold, bring it up, grab a couple puffs, and then sit back and continue rocking in your chair as, as time goes by. And, and as those hard moments goes by, like, that's got to be a hard day. It's got to be a really, really hard day. But what I hope is that there's some, there's some solace, there's some closure to a degree by the end of that, that smoke. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking for the Savinelli autograph. I love that, man. These, these are beautiful. They're not too bad. Some of them can get very expensive, but I don't know. These, these are just beautiful pieces. As a tribute piece, this is perfect. Oh, I found one I really want, so I'm going to get it. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually, it looks like it's a blasted piece, a very, very dark kind of apple shape. And oh, wow, beautiful. Beautiful piece. Anyways, what tobacco is this is this person smoking? This was tough for me, I think, to mm. find you know there's there's no tobacco that says, you know, tribute to the fallen, tribute to a loved yeah. one, tribute to this. And I'm kind of glad because it forced me to put a lot of thought into this. And I did think that this tobacco needed to be complex. It needed to be something that required a dedicated sit-down smoke. Maybe not a commuter pipe, maybe not a be on your phone, talking with friends, being at a pipe show. And some of the more experienced pipe smokers can smoke the complexiest of blends with the merriest of friends or the merriest of gatherings, right? I'm kind of generalizing here. So the tobacco I'm going with is, is actually a Scottish blend. And there are so many different definitions for a Scottish blend, but the tobacco is, is bag end and that's... Uh, from the, the Country Squire, uh, the Country Squire tobacconist down in Jackson, Mississippi. 
Magand is uh, it's part of their non-aromatic line of their Lord of the Rings blends. They have a plethora of blends. They have Lord of the Rings and non-Lord of the Rings, but this happens to be one of their Lord of the Rings blends. Lord of the Rings really has nothing to do with it. But this this blend, this tobacco, this creation really is perfect for this, this scenario. It's got a good balance of Latakia. It's not too much. It's just a little bit. It's very naturally sweet. A ton of Virginia that's got some light burlies in there. Man, they got just enough Turkish in there to, to give you the complexity that I was kind of talking about. And you got to sip this one, in my experience. You got to sip this one really slow. And, and that's what it's for, man. I will say the, the idea of Bag End, the name, right? We think of the Shire. Bag End is where Frodo and, and, and Bilbo, his uncle before him, lived. A very quiet place, a very quaint place. And I was thinking the name does fit the situation, maybe. You know, just sitting out on your front porch, really getting after a long smoke with your big pipe. But really the, the complexity of the bowl, the complexity of that tobacco to really reward you as you, you smoke through and think about mom. Think about those good times. Think about those bad times. And then maybe by the, the end of that complex bowl, kick out all your dawdle, pack up and go back inside and move on. Move on to, to the next day. So I love that. I love that, man. This is this is one that growing up, just kind of like your mom, uh, my dad's mom died when I was, I think, five. And growing up, you know, I had never I had never seen him get emotional at many things. And this time of year was always kind of that that one time I saw him get really emotional. And um, it meant a lot in a way, seeing him kind of get vulnerable like that in a way showed me that he cared and, and he loved her so, so much. And I, I think there was a lot of anger in a way of like, she was taken too soon, which ultimately she was. I mean, he was not even 40 yet. So all of that to say, these sort of moments never, never kind of end. These things are always in people's minds. And doing something like this was definitely a good habit, I would say, to get in to kind of celebrate both the passing, but than just the memories. But bag end here. The Country Squire Tobacconist is the brand blended by John David Cole. And this is a mild to medium strength tobacco. This is a pleasant to tolerable room note and a 3.4 out of 4 stars. So it's it's a good blend. And uh, this is coarse cut bulk blend that you can get just at the Country Squire Tobacconist. Yeah, man. I, I, I think they did a really good job on this one. I, I even like this one. And I know a lot of people like this, especially in the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club. I know this is one that's always kind of recommended as a as a buy for sure. But that that rounds up that rounds up our pipe dreams. We have been dreaming today. Thank you, Adam, for these. And and I really like where where this series is going. And I hope you all do too. So don't forget, if you want to send your pipe dreams in, you can do that. You can send them to show at get piped. Dot co. That's the best way to do it. Or you can message us. If you're on the Discord, you can personal message me and I can I can put them in. Or you can message me on, on Instagram. Don't message Adam for this stuff. This is a producer guy thing. He doesn't need these messages. But I do. I would love, love anything from y'all. But Adam, is there any last minute things you wanted to add uh, about these pipe dreams and before we move on to our segments? No, man, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. This is always a good good time to kind of sit down and go through some great products that are out there and, and maybe not out there, you know. So for the folks who want to go grab a GBD, man, if you end up doing that, like, again, I get the only enjoyment I get out of if you get any of these products is just just happiness that you got something that you were interested in. So feel free to 
I've had folks actually tell me they're like, yeah, my cart's full of, you know, all these tobaccos that, you know, I thought this, you said this wizard would smoke or whatever. And I thought that was really cool. And I don't know, man, dude, when, when the market's booming and people are buying stuff, it's always a good day. There's nothing better than getting that package, but, but, uh, you know, give me your feedback. If you liked where this, you know, series is going, how we kind of modified it just slightly, or if you thought I was kind of missing the mark or had maybe you maybe had some other experiences or similar experiences with some of these situations, maybe the more realistic ones. And, you know, I, I would just love to hear your feedback and, and hear what you thought. So yeah, thanks. Thanks so much guys for, for listening on this one. Uh, let's get some, let's get some segments going, man. Segments. Segments. Let's go. We got two this week as, as always. We got a little overrated, underrated. We're doing a grab bag today. We got a little bonus one that is not pipe smoking related. And I love that. I've been waiting for one of these. But uh, our second segment today, we got a little ask Adam anything. And actually producer guy. Myself, I'm in. I'm in it a little bit as well. So just just changing things up this week, and and that's great. I love I love changing things up. But our first question of overrated, underrated is tobacco that comes in pouches. One thing I love about our application of overrated, underrated, you would think that this was planned, and maybe I should act like it was, so mm. I sound even we sound even better produced than what I think we are. But we were talking about codger blends, and you know, anyway, we're. Pouches. Totally unrelated to, to the, the topic, but it actually is very related, right? Yeah. Uh, so tobacco pouches, again, we're, we're coming back to these codger blends that we keep talking about. These are not things that I smoke often, but you'll typically find them in either the seven ounce can, uh, very large, you know, drum looking can or or in pouches. And so this this differentiates from a bulk blend that comes in a Ziploc or whatever, whether it's a, a professional Ziploc or just some guy named Ted and a permanent marker written over the bag. Uh, no, no. Pouches are dedicated packages for the tobacco. That's how they're shipped to the, the stores, and that's how they're shipped to your front door or when you pick it up from that store. Again, mostly, if not all, codger blends. Actually, that's a good, we could kind of add that into our definition of a codger blend. If your tobacco comes in a pouch, it's probably a codger blend. Uh, generalizing right there, but if you have any examples of how that's wrong, let me know. I, I don't know if there are any. Is that overrated, underrated? I, I think it's overrated. Um, yeah, this I hate making the niche thing more niche, but this is one thing that I don't think adds really any value. In fact, I think it takes away value. This might have been great back in the you know 70s, yeah. 80s. You grab your pouch, you smoke that damn tobacco within a day or two, and you just keep getting pouches. They're easy to travel with, commute with, throw it in the back of your pocket. But for the most part, tobacco's way cooler now. And it just doesn't thrive in those small pouches. In fact, it almost fails in those small pouches. The moment it opens, it's the, I mean, it's really not even sealed to be honest, you know, and then that's kind of that piece where that, that, that artificial sweetener, that, that propylene glycol to keep it moist and keep it flavored, keep it fresh. That's why those things are added is it's, it's, it's in order to keep this tobacco fresh on the shelf for, for a very long time. But, but even being on a shelf, 
there's still air is still going to get through that little bag because it's just not a proper seal, right? I don't know. I, I think they're overrated. You think of like Amphora or something or Captain Black or any of those tobaccos. And while they're cool for the, the gimmicky piece of being a pouch, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, a, I'm a tin guy or a bulk guy. You know, if it's bulk, then it's monitored. It's in, you know, it's protected. You, once you order it, it comes out of the glass, comes out of the jar, comes out of the big vat from, you know, the factory or whatever. Uh, but But it's all the proper hydration level with pouches, you lose that opportunity to monitor that hydration level. So I'm, I'm going overrated. All right. I see you. We're going right into it. Dr. Graybo, are they worth $42? That's a question, but I guess the fact that they are $42, is, are they, is that overrated or underrated? <laughs> Should they be worth less or yeah. more? Yeah, so the question was was Dr. Graybo, right? And that was this right. was submitted in the Discord, I remember. And then the follow-up question to that, which was, are they worth $42? Dude, I, I don't ever want to talk bad about a pipe. Like I just brought up GBD. These pipes aren't really found anymore. They're they're hard to find. When you do find them, they're great. But mm. in my opinion, Graybos are overrated. Before all of you Graybo fans, pull <laughs> out your finger guns. <laughs> before you press pause, before you press delete, before you give me a one-star rating. Unsubscribe. Uh, yeah. They have a place in this community. Any pipe being smoked is a good pipe. I, I said that the other day. Someone asked about the Whitlux pipes, and this is something I had talked about on a YouTube video. They sent me a little package. It was cool. Go watch that video. It was uh, actually the, the one on the birds of a feather. Go check that out. My key takeaway is the pipe sucks, okay? It's an ebony pipe. It's wicked heavy, but it does smoke. And someone was asking about it on Facebook and I saw the the comments and they're all pretty much trashing on this thing. And I actually dissented there. I said, you know, at the end of the day, if someone's smoking a pipe, it's a good pipe. You know, I, I do believe that. But in, in the terms of this Graybo thing, I do want to say overrated only because there's so much better briar. There's such better options out there for the exact same price. In my own opinion, I'd much rather have a Mr. Brog for cheaper you know, I'd rather have a pear wood for, for cheaper. I'd rather have a briar from Brog for probably the same price. I'd rather have a Morgan Bones briar pipe for a little bit more, just barely more. You know, there, there's a lot of great options out there that I think make, that make Graybo overrated. That said, they are, dude, this is, when we're talking about Codger tobaccos, if there was a Codger pipe, it's the Graybo. These are the drugstore <laughs> pipes, man. They're in every, they're in Walgreens, they're in the PX, at, in the Army military base. You know, they're in CVS, they're, they're in all of these places. Even now today, you can, I guarantee you could probably still find one somewhere on the back of a shelf by the lighters or something. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're, they have a great history. It's one of the only remaining American pipe factories. Uh, I, I don't even know if they're, they're probably not even made in America, to be honest, anymore. Yeah, I, I'm not super familiar. I smoked one. It smoked like a basket pipe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I had to go overrated. So I think what makes it overrated one more time will be, you can spend that money on much better products. So that's not a dig at Graybo. It's more of a, a plus at the, the intuitiveness, the ingenuity of the pipe smoking community to give you better things for cheaper. Boom. There it is. All right. We're at, we're at two overrated. Can we make it three? And our third one today is a smoking schedule. That is having dedicated days or times of the day specifically dedicated to a pipe. This is actually grossly underrated. Uh, so, so much so that it's something that I don't even do. And I have actually mentioned to producer guy several times, one recently that I need, it's something I need to do. And Uh, me having a dedicated time to smoke a pipe, man is, is, 
is beautiful. It's brilliant. One thing we'll, we'll look to NPOD101 on Instagram. Every time he makes a, a photo on Instagram, it's typically the same time. And he allots himself one to two hours, depending on the day, almost every day, to sit down on his porch, pick out his pipe, pick out his tobacco, do some photography, do some Instagram, do some smoking. And in that time, you get edited photos. He gets to smoke his pipe and he gets to scroll and post on Instagram. He's enjoying what some might call vices. He's making them positive pieces of his schedule. So I've complained many a time about being on my phone too much. I will scroll endlessly, man. And I hate it. I hate it so much. It all starts when I get one notification on Instagram. I want to go respond to the comment or see who liked this photo or whatever the heck it is. And I end up scrolling. I get sucked in and it, it just happens 20, 30, 40 times a day. Whereas that doesn't happen for some folks. It doesn't happen for, for example, our friend Neil and pod 101 at the exact same time when he gets home from work, whether he's not working at all on that particular day, he has his time where he dedicates to pipe smoking, posting photos, going on the Instagrams, going on the social media, collaborating with the international group of pipe collaborators and it's all in one dedicated area, one dedicated time. I love that so, so much. It's something I would love to implement. And I actually alluded to it in the intro and in our just chatting piece where if that, that offer goes through and we get that little smoking lounge, that is something that I will implement. Uh, it's, it's something I wanted to do here, get on the porch, find my time. But then the, the South Pollen thing happened. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but for some very, reason, very it's egregious. It's nothing like New England. It's nothing like the Northwest. Pollen in the South is horrible. So even to this day, my my porch is just covered in pollen, no matter how much we spray it or whatever. Uh, but so so since then, I, I I failed to adhere to what I wanted to be, which was a, a schedule. And uh, yeah, for that reason, it's going to be very very underrated. I love that man. I I need to get a smoking schedule. It's something that I've been trying to do for over a year at this point. I feel like ever since ever since we started this podcast and I really got into smoking and uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I think grounds will ground everyone, whoever gets into it, if that makes sense. And I think the worst part, dude, is you and I have been saying we've been trying, but we just haven't been. Yeah. That's the worst we just part. Been. Yeah. Like we have not tried, but we've wanted so deeply in our hearts to do it. I'm not saying there's, we could have, if we tried, mm-hmm. like there's still obviously kids in the mix There's obviously, you know, me with work and army stuff and wife coming home from work. Like I wanted to hit the the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe meeting last Friday. That was my plan. I've been skipping out on him, but get wife got home at, you know, 830, right when everyone was popping on. She had a rough day at work. I spent my time with her and then we had to get up early for this, you know, this travel to North Carolina. It it just, Uh it just missed out on it. So that, that could be my dedicated time. And even then, you know, stuff comes up, man. I agree. And, and I find that at this stage in life there are have been things that i have been sacrificing for other things in life and and that's okay like that's fine to do i've been focusing on the kids right i've been focusing on my wife you know with two kids man and and even with y'all like with jobs working until from the early morning to the evening it can take a toll all that to say like have not been trying that's for certain but there's definitely been different priorities uh, that have have been in place so it's i don't want to call it an excuse by any means but i think at some point that time maybe it's not every day maybe your smoking schedule and and 
they kind of said like having dedicated days, like maybe it's like you said, every Friday or maybe it's every Thursday, you know, for sure. There's no responsibilities that day. Maybe the the wife doesn't have this or that, or the kids don't have this or that. It's like, maybe that's your day. You get an hour and no matter what happens, you do it. That's something that my wife and I have been doing as well. Like we've, we've really been trying to reach out to friends, local friends and go out one night a month, maybe two nights a month, like have the guy night, have the lady night and and go do that because there is an importance in in having that sort of stuff so that goes with the smoking schedule as well so um the last one this is the bonus this is the bonus non-smoking related overrated underrated i think the first one ever and it is pineapple on pizza so we we actually added this one in because i, I was looking through the Discord, the Galactic Pipe Pipe Club, man, and, and our friend Kirk Keener put this one on, and then he even tried correcting. He's like, "Wait, maybe this should be and this, this or, or that, that because yeah. this is the in the wrong channel, maybe." But you know what? Let's expand. So from now on, we will include one bonus. It, it will be a specifically non-pipe related, overrated, underrated. It can be anything. That said, you only get one every time we do it. So don't don't populate the damn They're just gonna be channel with a bunch of non-pipe stuff because it's going to take years. Uh, and you have till 999 episode until we retire. So yes. it could be a while. Okay, so pineapple on pizza. I, I get worked up about a lot of things. And I wish this was one I got worked <laughs> up about. Like next next person asked me if a hot dog is a, is a, a sandwich or a hot dog or whatever. That would be a good one because I, I, will, I will go in on that. But for this particular one, I think I'm gonna go properly rated, man. Mm, I agree. And I know that that answer sucks, but it's like I I will never out of my way put pineapple on pizza. Oh, but I would never out of my way put olives on pizza. Ooh, yeah, no, I would. right. But I'm no. not gonna now just claim that olives don't belong on pizza. Actually, so that's kind of my thought with pineapple. Let, let's be honest. Even bad pizza is good pizza. <laughs> so if I'm at an if I'm at the function sure. and there's pineapple or Hawaiian pizza and that's all they have, yeah, I'll, I'll suck down a couple pieces. But I'm not going to order. You will never hear me say, oh, yeah, put, put, a, put a Hawaiian on the house for me. You know, like that's not going to happen. Yeah, we, we get Hawaiian. Like literally on, I think it was Friday, we got Hawaiian. Like I, I, I enjoy it. Like this, this Hawaiian specifically Ooh, had. So actually, you know what? I might go with, I might go with overrated because you saying that pissed me off. <laughs> 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 I'm like kind of serious too. <laughs> I you I casually it. saying yeah on Friday we get Hawaiian that I think I think that just changed my mind but but I um I don't think it's I don't think it's overrated or underrated because I know it's it's not a normal thing if that makes sense like I know I'm probably with eighty nine percent certainty that I am in the minority for thinking that pineapple is good on pizza but I I don't think it's overrated or underrated I think it is properly rated so it's like. Okay, if you want it on, sure. I like it, but if you don't like it, sure. We'll get a meat lovers. We'll get a That's supreme. the thing, yeah, I don't I don't think it's gross. Yeah, I enjoy it. Like I just I don't think it's gross. It's I don't know, pizza as you please, man. That's kind of <laughs> where where I'm at, so. But let's let's move into the into the triple A here. <laughs> So for our second segment, 
little Ask Adam Anything, our AAA. These uh, both submissions are from the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club, and this is the community's opportunity to literally ask Adam anything. This kind of gets into you know learning who Adam is a little more. Maybe you had a thought on your on your mind that you kind of wanted to hear about. You know, he, here is ideas on something non pipe smoking related. So this is this is your opportunity. Um, so the first one is from Samaritan, and they ask. How would removing pipe smoking change your opinion of Lord of the Rings? Strap in, folks. I don't know if this is going to be a long one, but it might. So you might as well put that seatbelt on just in case. I, dude, I love this question because <laughs> it's it's so thoughtful. Like that, that, that requires a lot of thought. I'm taking this in the sense where if it was never written with pipe smoking, right? And this could get hashtag deep, I think. It would not change my opinion, right? Because I was a Lord of the Rings fan before. I had a tattoo on my shoulder of... Vigo Mortensen and my dad will always say, "Oh, you have Vigo Mortensen's chin on your your arm. Why'd you get that tattooed?" But it's a the portrait of Strider in the pub where he's smoking his pipe. I had that on me. I had smoked pipes, but I didn't get it because I was a pipe smoker. I barely I barely smoked pipes. This is way back in like 2017, 2018, something like that. And my fandom, my appreciation was was very very loosely related. Actually, if at all, it wasn't it was not at all related to pipe smoking. But I will say what got me into pipe smoking was my ability to draw back to the idea that Lord of the Rings did have pipe smoking. So the question becomes, would I be a pipe smoker today without Lord of the Rings? I think there's a very strong chance the answer is no. I, I do think that. I remember mm. very specifically thinking, wow, this is really cool. Go back to listen to the origin story or even better, just listen to the episode where I talked on the Pipes Magazine radio with, with Brian. Uh, I talk about how I'm in this room. It's really awesome. My friends are smoking these pipes. And from that moment, I ordered Gandalf pipe. I wanted my own pipe. I went on Amazon in that room, ordered a Gandalf pipe. There's some crappy church warden with the white tree of Gondor stapled into the, the front of the bowl or something like that. That is what kept the dream alive. That's what kept the, the hobby alive for me, or rather what started it. So I'm trying to think, if I didn't have that connection, what would I have typed in? Because the, the thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of one up my friends where they had these little corn cobs and I wanted to come in with this. Oh, it's funny. He's got a long wizard pipe. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know for sure if I would have stayed in the hobby because they didn't do this often. This was like the one I've been friends with them, these guys for four years. And it's the first time I found him smoking a pipe or whatever, or had having pipes and tobacco. And it was me who made that a common occurrence because I had my pipe. I was like, Hey, let's do this again. So without that man, I don't know. So I guess to answer your question, my opinion doesn't change of Lord of the Rings, but I might not be a pipe smoker today without it. So I am forever grateful that Peter Jackson wonderfully portrayed pipe smoking <laughs> in his films. I thought that was going to be a little longer, a little more poetic, but I liked it. Second one, Tim Jr. 2 asks, how has the creation of, quote, get piped changed you as a person and your life? That's to Adam. Then he says, also, producer guy, I'd love to hear your side of that story, too. Damn, man. This is crazy. This is so crazy. I love this question because I'm talking to you right now. So, obviously, like, I'm spending my Sunday night yeah. talking to, you know, 1,000 of my best friends. And that is so crazy to me. It, it, it's so crazy to me. Like, it has shaped me. What started as a joke, as a gimmick, you know, the goofy name that I still feel like I've transcended past, but I can't change yeah. it now. You know, yeah. it, it, dude, go watch everyone, please go watch my very first YouTube video. 
this. It is so out of this world. I love, I, I love it. Like it's still me. It's still very get piped. But that's what I was going for, and that was crazy. Like there's a little bit too much, a little bit too much. But it was funny. <laughs> I had a lot of fun making that video. But that was what the origin was, and what it is now. I mean, we just did a tribute to moms, like that. Totally different. You know, there's there's been an evolution here. You know, and honestly, the creation of Get Piped has made me so, so much closer with my best friend, producer guy. Dude, like we talk every fucking day, every day, every single day. There's not a day goes by where we do not talk. It might just be one or two texts, but that's (laughs) like those two texts are probably one out of 365 days. Well, the other 364, we're having a full conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it's crazy. So it's it's improved my my friendships. It's obviously given me some purpose in life. You know, before mm. where I was kind of bogged down with the military. You know, especially due to some of the hard infantry training. I was you know getting down on myself. You know, not not loving what where I was at, what I was doing. Of course, I had get wifed. At the time, just Dana. <laughs> and, uh, that was good. We had our cats. But I didn't have any passions, man. I, I liked playing video games. I was doing the Twitch streaming thing, which was pretty cool. But I still felt like that was, I was just going in circles, you know, streaming to the same 15 people, you know, who were only there just to, quote, support me, you know, and then tr- checking into other streams and stuff. And, you know, I didn't want to be like this pity viewer party. Like, I didn't want that. I wanted to entertain people. Right. And then when I discovered the passion for pipe smoking, man, I... I figured that this was the right way. This was the way that now I don't care if only one person listens to me. It's something I enjoy. It's something I know a lot about and I want to talk about it. So, so with the creation of Get Pipe Man, my life, I've gone to Chicago, which I never had been. I've gone to Vegas, which I never would have been. I've gone to Jackson, Mississippi, which I never would have been. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like true. It's crazy. It's so, so crazy. I went to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I never would have been. You know, I went to LJ Peredia, Boston, where I never would have been. And so many more other places and, and so many more places to continue. You know, I, I have dreams of, you know, visiting folks in, in Italy and going to Ireland to visit the, the Peterson factory. And, and Japan. And, uh, you know, other other things that going to study under an artisan, even though I have no desire to make pipes. <laughs> like, you know, that there these things are potentially in my future. And, and I'm very grateful that Get Piped allowed that. I, I shot a documentary with my best friend. <laughs> Literally. Just a few weeks ago, and that's crazy to me. So, yeah, yeah man, it, it's I, I, it's changed me immensely. Uh, yeah. And I'm wearing I'm wearing a Get Piped shirt, <laughs> which you can get at GetPiped.co. Let's let's support these things are I cool. Uh, I had to throw but, that in there. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's so crazy. So it's yeah. I I, I don't even know how to end this. It's just, yeah. Let's hear well, what you I, have to say, producer. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a, when you approached me. Okay, let's let's backtrack a little bit because when you started making the YouTubes initially, I remember vividly telling you, basically, do not continue putting your eggs in the streaming basket. Start putting them in the mm-hmm. get pipe basket. Like this is this is what you need to do. I remember that I was like, you're telling me how much you were paying folks to make these YouTube videos that got 20 views. Oh my gosh, and you're right. Oh my God. 15. Dude, real quick. I was spending like, I think it was like three or four hundred dollars. I don't remember how much, but it was like no. three or four hundred dollars per. No, was it? I don't, I, I didn't think, think so, it was. Dude. I think oh, it was like dude. Two, I think it was like two or three. Man, then it was you a were, lot. you were telling me it was like a hundred. You didn't want to sound like oh, an I think asshole. I lied to you, bro. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to, I'm going to make these live after this. 
for only you folks listening, mm. go to YouTube and look up House Floyd, H-O-U-S-E-F-L-O-Y-D. That is the YouTube channel. I will. They're all private right now. You can't watch them right now. Well, you can because I'm going to go back after we, this before this goes live, and, yes. and I'll make them. I'll make them public. I was spending <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of dollars on an editor uh, who's who is he's a friend of mine. Like I still chat with him every now and then. Yeah. Great dude, really good at editing. But they were getting ten to fifteen, twenty views. A couple of them yeah. got a hundred, and that was cool. And then that's when Nick said something to me because I made this one video on my own, learned how to edit, joined like a Udemy, how to edit Premiere Pro, learned how to edit a video. And I made that very first Get Piped video. And yeah. it got like within two weeks, like a thousand views. Yeah. And I did it myself it, and it was fun. So he was like, yeah, this is not sustainable. So, so yeah. go ahead, but don't go check those out when you get a chance. But <laughs> yeah, basically I was like, don't buy into the sunk cost bias. You, you put all that money in, sure. Start you know, putting it, putting it elsewhere. So I was like, I believe in get pipe, man. I, I remember saying that I, you could probably find it in our text somewhere. I was like, I believe in you in this. So when Adam approached, yeah. And me, again, this is before, this is way before producer guy was really even pipe smoker, to be honest. Like this. Oh yeah. No, like this was, when did you make your first video? 2020. I mean, I guess I bought, mm -hmm. pipe. Yeah, I mean, you had a pipe for sure. Yeah, because I think I bought it after our buddy's wedding when when he kind of introduced me. I was like, yeah, I'll just get one. Got a Peterson. But then he approached me saying like, hey, I'm going to be doing a podcast. You know, I had done a podcast previously with my wife and I edited it and it was, it was I thought it was really good. Um, and, it was. And he, you know, Adam had listened to it um, a couple times and, you know, we had some really good feedback from our friends and, and family and stuff. And of course they were the only ones, you know, we're getting like 75 downloads an episode. And my wife and I were like, let's go. That's more than the people we know who listen to it. And uh, so he's like, yeah, if you want to like, you know, come on every now and then and kind of produce or edit stuff, whatever, that'd be great. So I was like, yeah, dude, you know, I'd love to do that. And uh, so here we are. Um, I've been on every episode since. Well, besides to cover my ash. But even then, I did kind of come on those. Um, you know, for for my little, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I, I just recorded my one 15 second thing. But um, all of that being said, I mean, when it when it comes to what you know, quote get piped has has done for me. You know, I it's refocused my life. I'd say a lot, and. Definitely recently, in terms of this photography, videography stuff, um, outside of the podcast, this, I think, has kindled a new passion of mine. Like, this is my passion. I think pipes and tobacco are maybe a hobby. I'll probably be considered a collector, probably more so than a smoker at some point. I, I literally just love pipes. Like, I think they're beautiful. I love the work that people put into them whether it is factory or artisan pipes. But I think what I've been finding is a new passion of mine. And that that is maybe photography, maybe videography. Maybe it is what we're doing here. And it's been extremely rewarding. There's been a lot of work that has been put into this and a lot of time. And like Adam, I've visited places that I otherwise probably would never have gone to. But this has afforded me a better friendship with my my best friend and it has created new friendships with multiple people that i otherwise would have literally never met i 
had viewed smoking as kind of this like unhealthy aspect. And, you know, like most things in moderation, it's, it's, it's a very enjoyable sort of pastime. And I, I don't know if I would have hung out with folks, but like most things, like life in most ways, once you just get to know someone, those barriers begin to fall. And when you forget about your differences with another person, and realize the similarities and the the interests that you both share. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter what you look like or anything like that. There's 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 a commonality that's shared between you, and that's I think one of the main things that I have found that has very much affected me in this and the friendships that Adam and I have both created. Um, and oh, I think I think the biggest one is the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club, the Discord. That has been a huge thing, and that is something even producer wife is like. At the end of the day, like if you guys stop doing your podcast, you know, if you stop making videos, stop doing that, like you've created a community with over five hundred people, and still growing daily, like daily, every day. There's more and more people that join. You've created a community for people that might not have any pipe smokers around them, might not have any people you know that they can interact with, and you've introduced them to others who are like them. You've introduced them to others with differing views, with similar views from places all around the world. And I think that has been, to me, the biggest impact of Get Piped as a whole so far is the, among you know the, the personal things, it's the creation of this community that we have and will continue to have and that's continually growing. So long-winded. Though I, I do feel as though this is a hobby, it is most definitely a passion. And I, I told producer wife that too very recently. I was like, I think I've, I found a passion of mine and it is pipes and tobacco and, and doing this stuff with Adam. So it's a, it's a good life-changing stuff. And I, I think there's a lot a lot more to come there's a lot more life-changing things that adam and i have yet to realize so tim i i, I hope that that answers your question for both of us brother my best friend this has been this has been a good one i always love a pipe dreams i always love great segments that you know that bring out the best in us uh, bring out bring out the best in in the community and uh i think those kind of really really hit it on the head today so yeah thanks for another episode man i always appreciate it thanks for another sunday another weekend that we get to do this, that we're still breathing, we get to do this. But uh, if people want more than just this hour-long plus content, where can they find you? My brothers, my sisters, youtube.com slash get piped for some of the premier YTPC, that's YouTube pipe community content. Also, I also plugged it in the uh, in that little last one. You can now, now live, I just did it right now, youtube.com slash 
House Floyd no. <laughs> for, for some of the cringiest. Cringe. I mean, they're well done. I, 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 I got what I paid for. It just <laughs> didn't pay off because they made me zero dollars. And yeah, so the Twitch thing, the YouTube, the gaming stuff, these are not for the people who are here for, you know, our tributes, our free hand fables. You folks who are really into those, you don't want to watch these. For the folks who like kind of the craziness when I get worked up, maybe you might like these, but everyone, like, I'm not trying to promote this. This is more just, this is a gift because I, I just <laughs> unprivatized all of those videos so you guys can laugh at me. Uh, again, this is just, this is really just for the 12 percenters, the folks who are listening to the very end of every episode. If you're lucky enough to listen to this in six years, uh, yeah, I'm, I would imagine they're still there. They still probably have 30 views uh, with t- an additional 10 that happened in the last six years. So, Anyway, you can check that out if you want, but be sure to go to Instagram where I will continue to be active. That's at get underscore pipes. But if you follow me, make sure you follow my right hand man, GPP underscore producer guy. Lastly, y- you got to be part of the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club, even if it's just to read, just to learn, just to make submissions, or maybe a little bit of everything. That is the place to do it. Boom. But y'all have been awesome. Y'all have been sharing this podcast. Y'all have been rating it. Y'all have been reviewing it. But uh, share with any and all pipe smokers. Uh, we really mean it. it. It's really helpful. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow the podcast. That's where the algorithm can be broken is the follows, the subscribes. And the, you know the ratings and reviews help. But the more people that follow us, the better we're kind of ranked in, in all the, the Apple podcast stuff, the Spotify stuff. So if someone searches for hobbies or they just type in the word pipe, then we're there. Then we're there. But boom, number one. And uh, that's what we want. That's what we need because we truly feel like we want to spread this hobby. And, and the way to do that is the Get Pipe Podcast. The way to do that is the other pipe podcasts as well. So, you know, we, we want to give, give the word out to them, but we'll be selfish in this one instance of this episode where do us first, but then it may be them. So, but, but don't, don't just share with the men, share with the women and the children too. And why we say that, you got to go back a little bit. You got to go back a few episodes to, to why, why, where we started saying that. But it still holds true to this day. 71 episodes later, Adam, I'll stop my rambling. Sir, what are your wise words of wisdom? Yeah, I'm just going to gas up the, the 12 percenters here. The folks that listen to the very, very end, you know who you are. You guys are commenting on the Instagram. You're commenting on the YouTube videos. You represent the 12% club. Statistically, 12% only of all of our listeners uh, make it to the very, very end to include the music. I appreciate you guys for being you. And again, with all the sharing stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. We, we love it so much. Thank you, guys. That is all I got. You have all just been piped. And until the next piping, we are out. <laughs>